Hello and welcome back to the Thinker Nick podcast. I'm your host, Nick Daniels, and I'm joined by Nicola Tyler once again. How are you? Hi, Nick. All good. That's good. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about mindfulness. And I'm really excited about today's episode because I have my lovely mother on, whom I love dearly. She is the CEO and founder of Core Balance SA. They are a mindfulness and wellness brand and specifically focusing on yoga and Pilates and the combination of both. So Tracy, how are you doing today? Good morning, Nick, and good morning, Nicola. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you and for having me on your show. It's absolute pleasure. <laughs> we're, we're excited and honored to have you on. So guys, let's just jump into sort of what mindfulness is. And in my experience and the experience when, when I teach, I actually, in a, one of our periods, I actually have to teach the kids about mindfulness as well. And what I've gathered from what I've learned and what I've taught in mindfulness is basically, it's just about being present in the moment and being, being able to understand what's going on around you and being able to manage that and, and have an open mind and basically look after yourself in a mental capacity. Tracy, what would you say mindfulness is in your view? Okay, for myself personally, and when I am also teaching my clients, it's about becoming very aware of your surroundings. It's about being still. It's about being, again, present in the moment and becoming aware of our behavior, our surroundings, and our thoughts, and just focusing on being present in the now which I think is something that is very difficult for a lot of people with the lives that we leave today. So that's my thoughts on it. And that's where I personally try and encourage people before we even start a class. And I think it's great that you're doing it within your school environment, because it's something that I believe should be taught from a very early age. I agree completely. Nicola, what is your experience or your view on mindfulness? You know, Dick, I always try and bring like a what goes on in the workplace kind of view. So if you think about it, it's mindfulness. So it's a, it's what is your mind full of in the present? And one of the challenges I think we've got in a work environment is we want people to think strategically, which takes you into the future. It's like, what are we going to do next? And where are we now? So there's almost like this dichotomy situation in, in a workplace where you've got the demand to be present, mindfulness present, and the demand to be strategic. What are we going to do in the future? I'm all for the present. I like it a lot because you don't actually know what the future holds. So, uh, But it's much harder to do than it sounds. The mind doesn't like to stay present. It wants to gallop off to the horizon. Oh, when I've got this, I'm going to do that. And then it goes backwards to the past. If that hadn't happened, if my life had been like this, my world would be different. Yeah. So it's I a agree. great thing, but it's harder than it sounds. Yeah, actually. And speaking about that, the fear of the future would be anxiety, which is something yeah. that mindfulness you know, has a massive impact on, which we will get into later in the podcast. So Tracy, 
Mm. I want to ask you your sort of thoughts on how and why is mindfulness so important in today's day and age? Okay, Nick, from my point of view, within the workplace, with the people in general, it's the, the, we live under so much stress. We are always running from here, running from running to there. We never seem to have hours in the day. So our bodies are constantly living under a state of stress. So it affects our nervous system. And the nervous system is divided into many parts. But with mindfulness, the, the area of the nervous system you are dealing with is the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system, which are the automic nervous system. Now, I'm not going to get into too many technical details, but basically your parasympathetic is your rest and digest. So that's everything that happens um, involuntary in your in your parasympathetic. And then you get your sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight. We're constantly living in a state of fight or flight when we should be living in a state of rest and digest. So what happens is your cortisol levels increase. So when your cortisol levels increase, your cortisol should be present with adrenaline in that moment of needing to react in an emergency. So when we're mm. constantly producing cortisol, because our bodies are in that state of fight or flight, our inflammation in our body increases. And with that, disease, illness, nervous breakdowns, mental breakdowns. I mean, the amount of suicides that we're seeing, and it's all because our bodies are living in a constant state of stress. With stress comes anxiety. People respond differently to the stress within their bodies. So by becoming aware and mindful of our thoughts, of our behaviors, of being taught, because we all can access mindfulness. It's, it's within all of us. It's knowing how to tap into it. And once you're taught to become aware of our thoughts, of our behaviors, and how our body is feeling in that moment, we reduce our cortisol levels, our stress decreases, our inflammatory markers decrease, and we are our body is more is in more of a state of rest and digest than it is of this constant fight or flight. So Tracy, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because although I don't practice yoga or Pilates, which is something I should probably take on because I'm, I should probably do some stretching, but my type of mindfulness would be really high intensity workouts. And I know when I'm stressed, when I am anxious, I get up, I go for a long run, I'll do a hit workout, I'll go and lift weights. And what that does is obviously bring my cortisol levels right down and helps me deal with my anxiety. And a funny story is that Thinker Nick actually came about while I was doing a mindfulness activity. We were actually on holiday on an island off of Fuquak. We have spoken about this in our pilot episode, so make sure to go check that out. But I was just taking, I, I just took some time out from my friends. There was a group of friends there and I just took a long stroll down the beach was about a 90 minute stroll. And during that walk, the idea of Thinker Nick actually came to my mind. And that's when I picked up the phone and phoned Nicola and she was on board. And for me, if it weren't for mindfulness, you know, this wouldn't even be a thing. And with regards to the exercise that I used to do, 
Thinker Nick is actually a result of the 5 a.m. club, which I did in August, the 66 days. If I didn't get up at 5 a.m. and do a workout every single morning, I wouldn't have had time to do this podcast. I wouldn't have been motivated to do this podcast and Thinker Nick wouldn't exist today. Now, Nicola, obviously, you know the story. What is Mm -hmm. your view on, on how and why mindfulness is so important in today's day and age? I think to build on what Trace is talking about, that reduction of stress, and I think we're not often aware in that moment. So if you go back to the definition of mindfulness, it's about being present. Being present is much harder than it sounds. It, it, so when you took that 90-minute walk up the beach, you, you made a deliberate attempt to take time away from your friends. And in that process, you became aware of an opportunity which became the Think and Nick podcast. But when we say to people, be mindful, you know, it's like an instruction. You, I don't think that it works like that. I think it's more around self-management. But self-management in the moment is hard if your brain gets hijacked into a reactive state. So, you know, I I see circumstances in my own life and in the lives of other people that I uh, work with and around is that if somebody triggers you or if something triggers you, and it could be an event or it could be a person, and often in today's world it's a person if you're interacting, the minute you react in that moment you're no longer mindful because mindfulness doesn't react it responds it chooses to pause and then decide what to do because you're that present and i think we're talking a lot about mindfulness in in business today you know we're we're creating opportunities for wellness and well-being etc and I think it's a critical, as as Tracy was talking about, it's a critical stress reducer. But it's one thing to say, I'm, I am being mindful. And it's a completely different thing to say, be mindful. If I say to you, Nick, be mindful right now, pay full attention, be present, what will you pay attention to? And the chances are you might pay attention to something that's irritating you, which then creates stress. <laughs> and anxiety, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love these concepts and that sort of presenteeism, you know, the, in the moment. And the, the most mindful, I think, in my career or my lifetime that I've ever been is when I do transcendental meditation. Would you like to elaborate on that for those listeners who don't know what that is? I was introduced to it probably about 20 years ago. And you go through a, I went through a process of being trained and being given a mantra. And basically, transcendental meditation acknowledges that the mind finds it difficult to be still, to be present. So you tend to rush off into the thoughts in these different directions. So what Transcendental Meditation does, or TM, is it gives you something called a mantra. And a mantra is basically a word that has no fundamental definition. So if I say sunflower, 
Ima your mind ima imagines a sunflower immediately. But in, a, in the world of a mantra, I can't attach an image to the word. So when you repeat your mantra, there's nothing you can attach to it. So if you think of Buddhism, Trace, and I know this is something that interests you, the mantra has no visual, emotional, cognitive attachment. So as I repeat the word, I can't provoke another thought. So the concept in TM is you just keep coming back to your mantra. It's the word you repeat over and over again, and it, it, it's supported by a breathing technique. And in those moments, to begin with, it feels really weird. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing? And every time a thought pops up, you go back to your mantra. <laughs> but over time, as you practice this, you get this period of stillness in your mind and in your physiology that does what you're talking about, Trace. What's it? Rest, that rest space. Rest and yeah, digest. Well, it's, it's, yeah, rest and digest and fight or flight. So you've got, and that's just, I mean, obviously that's from a medical point of view. Not that I'm a, a medical practitioner, but that is the 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 one effect that it has on the, the body and the nervous system. And then I think we're seeing more and more people experience mental and nervous breakdowns as a result of stress of mm. lifestyle and for me and what nikki's just spoken about now you know with her experience and and what she was taught is is something that obviously we also touch on but for us in pilates and and yoga we focus on the breath mm. so the one thing that yeah. we do is we take people to their breath just to try and still and calm the mind in that moment. And I think this is also key, Nick, you know, for you in, in schools and teachers, it's something that really should be instilled and taught from a young age, because by the time we get to adulthood, we're already programmed in such a way that to mm -hmm. learn something as an adult is much harder than to learn it as a child. And, yep. you know, just to pay attention to your breath, and to just become the observer of yourself in the moment. So when you are faced with a situation, exactly, Nikki, Nicola is 100% right. Often we, we react instead of responding. And it's so easy because it's learned behavior. And it can be from childhood, it can be from home issues, it can be from anything. There is, there's, there's usually something that will trigger that reaction yeah. that is, is that often a, subcon a subconscious thing it's not necessarily a conscious mm. behavior and yeah. then you and then i think if you can become the observer of yourself so in that moment when you want to react you go you you become you become aware and and that is a very hard thing to do because it's in a second that you react and then only when you've reacted you go why did i do that what, mm. why did i do and that is because of the the lives that we lead and we're always running and in that moment in that time frame you're in a hurry you're doing this that person has triggered a thought it's triggered an emotion it could be a childhood trauma it it could be a number of things but in that moment yeah. if you can become the observer and take that step back take a deep breath 
focus on your breath just for that moment, we often end up responding instead of reacting. And I really do think if this can be be taught in schools, and I think that we will see a a huge, I think we're going to see more and more of it. And with you living in the area that you, you know, in the part of the world where you do, it's already something that they are become aware of on children because of exactly what Nikki said, the religions, the the Western and the Eastern philosophies and the way of teaching are often not always in line. And us as Westerners are now leaning more towards the Eastern modality. Mm. And, you know, people always think, not all people, but many people, when you talk about yoga, often think of it as a religion. Yoga is not a religion. Yoga is a way of life. And there's certain principles within the yoga that if you can just follow those principles, life just, you flow, as opposed to constantly feeling like you're treading water and you're walking backwards. And we overanalyze and we overthink and we create anxiety within ourselves instead of just allowing ourselves to be, to trust in the process, be in the moment, and become the observer. And I know I've said that once, and I'm going to say it again, because for me, I think it's very important. Take that step back, become the observer of yourself, and focus on your breath. And that is what we teach within both Pilates and yoga, is our breathing techniques. And through breathing, you can slow the body down, bring yourself to the present moment, and decrease your stress and anxiety levels. Okay. Thought-provoking stuff. Wow. So now this podcast, Think and Nick, is basically my journey and what I would like to think is I am a reflection of the people who are at a point in their life where they are unsure of what their next step is. And for people like me, mindfulness is very important. And there's a lot of different mindfulness activities that we all engage in. For example, I do a lot of intense workouts. Nicola, you do TN, and Tracy, you do yoga and Pilates. So let's sort of dive into your practice a little bit, yoga and Pilates. Could you just touch a little bit on the benefits of yoga and Pilates and sort of how you have combined the two practices? Yeah, so at the moment, I'm busy combining both my experience and teachings in Pilates and in yoga to create yoga lattice. So I think that the two the two modalities work parallel with each other and that the benefits are they are often overlap. So you are combining the mindfulness of yoga with the stretching, with the breathing techniques and the strengthening of Pilates. So I think as a combination to add on to normal mindfulness techniques as well as the overall body benefits can help you know on your day-to-day in lifestyle because also when the not just from a mindfulness point of view but from how your body functions okay great Nicola mm-hmm. how about your experience with with you know the benefits of your practice well when you practice mindfulness activities so I've always battled a bit with yoga and Pilates. And I want to talk to Trace about this because you say focus on the breath. So I'm often 
if they say like if you do like a down dog or a what's that when you curl up the cat is it there's cat these different moves yeah so now what they're saying is breathe in breathe out breathe in breathe out and i'm often so trying to figure out do i go up do i go down breathe out when you go in and up when you go. and then they're saying be mindful so the instruction that sometimes comes with the discipline takes my mind off the mindfulness. So I think what we have to do is eventually become competent where this move from one step to another is less about instruction. For as long as you're focused on the instruction, you're not thinking, well, you're not mindful because the instruction can be an interruption. So if I think of like TM, transcendental meditation that forces your mind away from anything and the benefits i think to talk to trace's point around rest i keep forgetting the second word was it rest and digest rest and digest there's a sense of calm like bring it on if life comes at you bring it on i can take it so one of the benefits of that for me is a sense of whatever the day presents me with, I'll just deal with it. I can handle it. That's one of the upsides. But when I think of like the practice of like yoga, I won't, I'm, I've never really done Pilates. I've definitely had a go at yoga. When I think of the practice of yoga, I'm not competent enough for yoga to be mindful for me because I'm still focusing on the instruction. So in the instruction, like interrupts my full <laughs> and my mind. Yeah. So I'm Nicola, like, I actually, I actually disagree with you there. I think that you could very well practice yoga and Pilates very well. It just requires repetition because once you are constantly repeating those uh-huh. same actions yeah. and learning how to breathe and everything, then mm-hmm. you can then focus on being mm-hmm. mindful. So yeah. I, I think that yes, you're more than capable of doing it. I just think that you just need to give it more practice. Tracy, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, everybody focuses on the movement of yoga, which is important, but there is so much more to yoga than just being on your mat. But the key that we, as, as yoga practitioners, followers, is the minute you get on that mat, become present. And it doesn't mean that you have to move, you can just sit. If all you can, if all your body is capable of on that day is going into a downward facing dog, then stay in your downward facing dog. Pay less attention to a high, I've met, you know, maybe it's also an expectation that the person on the mat has of themselves. You know, a lot of people are very competitive. So competitive people will want to do everything right. And you can't always do everything right. So there again is is some is is something to learn and to step back because I think we live in a very competitive world, and the minute you're competitive, you're going to be exactly that. Oh, I can't do, I cannot do this. How, therefore, I will not do this. Instead of just arriving on your mat and going, well, today I'm not feeling like I can do everything that the instructor is practicing, and that's okay. It's not a competition. The key is to to arrive on your mat, become present for that hour, that hour and a half, to not think of anything else and move and flow within your capabilities. 
With Pilates, you've, you've generally got an instructor that is moving you through movements. Again, because of the precision of Pilates, because of the technique involved, because we work on the body as a whole, you need to be present on your mat in order for you to be able to do the action correctly. So you need to be able to focus on that muscle in order to do that simple, and it can be a simple movement. I mean, there's a very many advanced movements, but again, you're present on your mat for that hour. And what you are, what you, what your body is capable of doing within that hour may not be the same as what it was capable of doing the day before. So just allow yourself to move and to do within your body's capabilities of that day. Interesting hmm. stuff, guys. Just before we let you guys go, I just want to ask Tracy and then Nicola, maybe you can follow up on this. How could somebody start to be mindful? What, what would you suggest somebody does? Well, for me, I think the first thing that I would do is, is to focus on the breath. So focus on where your breath is coming from. And then it's a, quite a good indication of how your body is responding in that moment in time. So if your breath is coming from the upper chest region, generally you're breathing shallow. So the minute you start to breathe shallow, not always, but probably the majority of times is you are in your fight or flight. Uh, the minute you take your breath into your diaphragmic area, into your thoracic area, your chest, you know, below your breast, so in your tummy, not quite as low as your abdominal area, then you are breathing deeper and you're putting your body into more of a rest and digest. So I think that is a very, for me, it would be a very good, in, 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 very good tool to teach somebody is go to your breath. Where is your breath coming from? Are you, did you, do you feel like your heart is racing? Or do you feel like, and it, it, you know, when you often, when people are in shock, you'll hear a medic go, take a deep breath. Mm. How many times do you hear somebody say, just breathe deeply. And then the minute you breathe deeply, you're putting your body into a much more, into a state of calm as opposed mm. into a state of anxiety. And I think that that is, that is, that for me would be the key thing. If, if you were to ask me one tool to use, it would be for me, go to your breath. Where is your breath coming from? Okay. Nicola, how about you? So I, if, if I think of it in a workspace situation and that whole concept of being present, then we've almost got to separate what's happened in the past because it's over. The gift of the past is that it's over. It's the hardest thing to get in life. The gift of the past is that it's over. What happened yesterday, what happened five minutes ago, what happened 10 seconds ago is now history. What remains is not the event, but how we feel about it. So I think one of the key tenets of mindfulness is owning an emotion in the moment that it occurs. I am sad, I am happy, I am frustrated, I am elated. And what happens is when we label an emotion, it loses its control over us. So the, the positive emotions you don't have to worry about so much because they're less likely to create stress and anxiety in the body. But the negative emotions, the ones that heighten our cortisol, 
heighten our stress levels, increase our inflammation. If we can label those in the moment, so think of six hats, the red hat is emotion, and you can own that emotion in the moment, it no longer drives your behavior. You're now in response rather than react. So I think if there's one thing we can do to be mindful, present, it's actually the ability to recognize how we feel and name it. Name it before it defines us. Because the minute we react, we now become defined by our behavior. But if we yeah. name it and claim it in the moment, we can enter that. Nip it in the bud. There you go. There we go. Okay. So what I've taken from both of you is from a mental perspective, Nicola, you're saying label it, you know, put it in the past and be, but also be present of, of the moment now. And mm -hmm. from a practical point of view, what Tracy has given us is a tool to focus on your breath and maybe learn how the breath and how we breathe can actually reduce anxiety and help us to be more mindful. Uh -huh. So thank you for those lessons, guys. Those are the two that I've taken from this podcast. We really appreciate you guys coming on and taking the time out to come on the Think and Nick podcast. So we wish you a fantastic weekend and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Tracy, thank you very much. Have a good weekend, Nick. Okay. Thank you, Nicola. Bye, Nick. Bye. Bye. Cheers, you. For more news and content about Think and Nick, go to www.thinkandnick.com or visit our Facebook or Instagram pages at Think and Nick.